Hello everybody, and welcome to part two of my History of Captain America episode. If you have not listened to part one yet, I would encourage you to do so at this point, because why on earth would you go straight into part two? But, in any case, we will continue off where we left off, which was Captain America dying. Enjoy! It was later discovered that while his body was killed, Roger's essence was locked into a fixed point in time and space. Roger's mind was being transported through time, forcing him to relive certain segments of his life, such as World War II and becoming Captain America as well, in various other scenes. Some changes were revealed to what was previously known. While reliving the Kree Skrull War, he was able to ask the Vision to record a message about his time travel condition to Mr. Fantastic and the Wasp, at that point Henry Pym, in the future, which was duly relayed by the current Vision, Jonas. With this data, Richards concluded that Sharon was the key to bringing Steve out of time, although they were too late to stop Doctor Doom and Arnim Zola from doing just that. However, the Red Skull was now in control of Steve's body. Barnes and Rogers fought to drive the Red Skull from his body and succeeded in doing so. Rogers considered retirement from the role and allowed Barnes to continue operating as Captain America, thinking that there shouldn't be two formal active Captain Americas. Rogers visited the current US president who gave Captain America, not Steve Rogers specifically, a full pardon for his actions during the Civil War. Rogers explained that he didn't intend to resume wielding the shield, but would if asked. The president mentioned that this was fine, as he had another idea for Steve's services in the future. With his own house in order, Rogers set about the next great task, removing Norman Osborn, current head of American National Security Agency, Hammer, from power. Rogers soon came to assist in bringing back Tony Stark, who was in a vegetative state, having diminished his intelligence to erase the superhuman registration database to keep Osborn from abusing it. To do so, Rogers and his associates resorted to a quite radical step in rebooting Stark's brain. Channeling Thor's thunder through Roger's shield connected to the implant on Stark's chest, a move which could very well have killed him. The process restarted Tony's heart, but for some reason his mind didn't reboot. Steve left to get Doctor Strange's help in going inside Tony's mind. Following this, Steve was in the New Avengers hideout in New York when he learned that Osborn was laying siege to Asgard. Enraged, Steve assembled the New Avengers, the Young Avengers, and Nick Fury's secret warriors to provide support for the Asgardians and finally bring down Osborn. Bucky gave Steve the shield, saying that they needed him leading the counterattack. Bucky told Steve that he needed the shield in the fight against the Dark Avengers. Steve took the shield, but asked Bucky what he would do, to which Bucky replied, I will do what I do holding a large gun in his hands. Before they left, Edwin Jarvis gave Steve a briefcase for Tony Stark. After the defeat of Osborne and his followers, Steve Rogers was called to the White House, where the President offered to make him the new Head of Security of the United States. 
Steve agreed on the condition that he would get to do the job his way. The Superhuman Registration Act was repealed, and during a gathering at Avengers Tower, Steve appeared and told them it was the start of a new day for all of them and he needed their help. Steve oversaw the incarceration of Norman Osborn at the Raft Penitentiary under his new role as Captain Steve Rogers. As the head of Nixton Pharmaceutics and grandson of Abraham Erskine, Jacob Erskine set out to cure cancer using the Super Soldier Serum, but was killed before he could finish. It seems as though dying prematurely runs in the family. When Steve attempted to find who killed Erskine, he was caught in a trap by Machine Smith and his serum was deactivated. Through the help of one of Machine Smith's robots, who Steve previously believed to be a woman imbued with the serum, he was able to have his serum activated once again, and together they pursued Machine Smith. They eventually seemingly killed Machine Smith and recovered the serum he was attempting to auction, at the cost of the robot's life. Upon further investigation, the serum Steve recovered turned out to be completely useless. And unbeknownst to him, the entire exploit was set up by Aloysius Thorndrake of the Shadow Council, who sought Roger's blood in order to create an army of super soldiers. When Scardi possessed Cynthia Schmidt and freed the serpent, he caused seven hammers to fall to Earth so that Midgard could fear him and his legions. Steve Rogers observed the fall of the hammers and gave the orders to send the Avengers to each of the crash sites. When Bucky was killed by Scardi at Washington DC during a blitzkrieg, Steve decided to avenge Bucky and resume the title of Captain America once more. And while Cap, Iron Man and Thor were sent to different locations, Cap joined the Avengers in New York to stop Scardi. After the Serpent broke his shield during the fight in New York and left, he moved the fight to Oklahoma, where he used Mjolnir itself to defeat Scardi. Captain America was captured by the Jackal and forcibly mutated into a giant spider mutant, whom the Jackal calls Spider King. As Spider King, Steve Rogers was impregnated with thousands of spider eggs in order to spread the virus that gave people spider powers. He was stopped and captured by the new heroic version of Venom, but he escaped captivity by vomiting out the now hatched mutant spiders. Ultimately, he was recaptured and put into suspended animation. While Venom disguised himself as Spider King to infiltrate the Jackal's organization. When the cure for the Spider Island virus was discovered, he was returned to normal and later joined Venom in his fight against the Spider Queen, the true mastermind behind the virus. Venom stabbed her with Captain America's shield, an attack that should have killed her. Instead, she mutated into a 28-story spider monster. The two led her to Union Square, where they were joined by other heroes while Spider-Man distributed the cure to the infected New Yorkers. This weakened her enough for Kane, Spider-Man's clone, to kill her. However, Captain America, being a man out of time, was obviously going to be dealing with a lot of lots during his time, and unfortunately, Peggy Carter passed away. 
During her funeral, Steve was attacked by an old ally he hadn't seen since World War II, a man named Bravo. This meant that Jimmy Jankovics woke up from a coma. In a secret sanatorium in Virginia, Rogers, Nick Fury and Sharon Carter visited this man who's catatonic. Back in 1944, he helped the Allies find enemy headquarters by entering a different dimension which he called the Land of Nowhere until a spy put him in a comatose state, leaving Bravo and Hydra soldiers trapped there. When Jimmy woke up, Bravo managed to return to this world. Later, Hydra agents kidnapped Jimmy, and it was revealed that codename Bravo was behind the attack at the same time he was allied with Baron Helmet Zemo to kill Captain America. Bravo manages to use Jimmy in a machine to open a portal to the land of nowhere and trap Captain America, until Sharon Carter, with the help of Fury and Falcon, managed to find Jimmy, and he, with his last act of will, managed to get Bravo and Steve out of nowhere. Bravo was incarcerated by the Hydra Queen, who helped him, escaped to build a new Hydra, Alon Varenzimo. Later, Cap and his allies caught word that Hydra had been smuggling mad bombs across the city. Unfortunately, Cap was in no position to help, as he was suffering from a power decrease that returned him to his scrawny self. Fortunately, Iron Man was able to develop a cure to Steve's condition, and construct a device that dispelled the mad bomb's effects. Afterwards, a new scourge had been attacking former villains that had entered witness protection. Cap finds Scourge, discovering that he was in fact Dennis Dumphy, Demolition Man. Hydra had brainwashed Dumphy into attacking former villains and leak witness protection information into the public. Cap tries to reason with Dumphy, but Dumphy's too unstable, and Sharon's forced to kill him. Eventually, Hydra initiates its endgame by brainwashing entire American populations through news broadcasts, causing civilians to rise up against the government. Cap directs an assault on Hydra's flying island, where he finally goes against Bravo and his queen. Hydra's plot is foiled, while Bravo is killed and the queen is left catatonic. Rogers, along with the rest of the Avengers, were tracking down and fighting the Lethal Legion after they escaped from prison. Unnoticed by the others, Falcon was shot down by Cable, a famous X-Man. However, Steve soon noticed that Redwing was flying alone and followed the bird to where Falcon was, in a ship container inside a Weapon X tube. Immediately, Cable fought with him, and at first Rogers had the upper hand. Eventually, Cable defeated him and strapped him in an inhibitor chair, invented by Magneto, and shot Rogers with an EMP gun, knocking him unconscious, but not before revealing his desire that the Avengers not kill Hope. Hope Summers. Eventually, Cable was brought down and Captain America was freed. As Cable was consumed by the techno-organic virus, Cyclops asked Captain America for permission to take Cable back to Utopia, which Captain America agreed to in exchange for the Avengers keeping all the weapons used against them. Sometime after the events with Cable, 
A Nova Corps member crashed on Earth and managed to stutter that IT was coming before falling into a coma. Rogers and Iron Man later found out that the IT was the Phoenix Force and that it was coming to Earth. The heroes went to the White House to brief the President about this threat, but not before sending a team of Avengers to try to stall or stop the Phoenix Force. During the briefing at the White House, Iron Man suddenly picked up a mysterious new source of the Phoenix Force on Earth. Knowing what had previously happened, Captain America and Iron Man stopped by the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning to consult with Wolverine, whom replied that the X-Men believed its new host is Hope Summers. With this knowledge, Captain America went to Utopia in order to negotiate with Cyclops. He asked that Hope be turned over to him and Avengers for protective custody. And the first blow was struck. Cyclops blasted Captain America after refusing to hand over Hope. Cyclops refused to hand over Hope since he and the other mutants believed she was their messiah and that the Phoenix Force would allow Hope to fully restore the mutant race which was currently endangered. Cyclops then blasted Steve with an optic blast causing Steve to give the order for the Avengers to invade Utopia. The Avengers seemingly defeated the mutants of Utopia, although Hope managed to flee. The surrender, however, turned out to be a ruse, and Cyclops teleported away from Utopia with several powerful mutants. The Avengers started searching for Hope, as well as the X-Men. After Wolverine helped Hope with her journey, he betrayed her and told Steve and the Avengers where she was. The Avengers arrived on the moon to confront her and take her into custody, but are greeted by the X-Men who have also arrived to claim hope. Before a fight can start, a wounded Thor fell from the sky, closely followed by the Phoenix. When Iron Man used a disruptor in his Phoenix Buster armor on it, the cosmic entity wasn't killed, but divided into five parts, which each possessed one of the X-Men present at the scene. Them being Cyclops, Emma Frost, Colossus, Magic, and Namor. The Phoenix-possessed X-Men started changing the world into a better place for living, but knowing that Phoenix's ultimately destructive nature would bring chaos, Steve and the Avengers tried to get hope from Utopia in order to use her knowledge about the Phoenix against it. After the Scarlet Witch helped them against the X-Men, previously having visions of the Phoenix destroying Earth, Cyclops decided to hunt down every Avenger. The Thunderer offered the Avengers to hide in Kunlun, as well as to train Hope to face the Phoenix. Because of his past experience with the Phoenix host and Iron Fist Fongji, and the prophecy of the Phoenix bringing chaos to Earth. Before the entire Avengers could teleport to Kunlun, Namor attacked where they were hiding, Wakanda, along with a full army of Atlanteans. After defeating Namor with the price of the partial destruction of Wakanda, the Avengers teleported to Kunlun in order to help Hope train to face the Phoenix. The Avengers were attacked by Cyclops, who now possessed half of the Phoenix Force. He made quick work of anyone that opposed him, but was defeated by Hope, 
who in an act of desperation combined the powers of the Iron Fist, Scarlet Witch's chaos magic, and Shao Lao's flames to teleport Cyclops to the moon. The Avengers then teamed up with several X-Men, who had realised that Cyclops and Emma had completely lost control. Together, they attacked Cyclops and Emma, and gained the upper hand until Cyclops was forced to take the final piece of the Phoenix from Emma, making him the sole host. The complete Phoenix proved too much and finally turned him into the Dark Phoenix. The Avengers fought Summers around the world with the help of the X-Men and Nova, as well as trying to contain the chaos the gigantic force produced around Earth, but who finally managed to defeat him were the Scarlet Witch and Hope. The Phoenix left Scott and possessed Hope, but she managed to control it, repairing all the damage Scott caused on the planet, and finally, using the powers of the Scarlet Witch to manipulate reality. She destroyed the Phoenix Force with a final blast of energy which caused millions of people around Earth to manifest mutant powers undoing what happened during Avengers Disassembled. Cyclops was finally incarcerated and Steve accepted the Avengers should have done more to help mutants and not allowed the world to hate them. As a result, he started planning a new sub-team of Avengers in hopes of unifying mutant and humankind. He chose Havoc to lead his team and become the new face to represent mutants as Professor X and Cyclops once were. Their first threat was the return of the Red Skull, who usurped Professor X's brain to provide himself telepathic powers, which he would use to provoke citizens of New York into a mass assault against mutants, or anyone who could be one, and force Scarlet Witch and Rogue to allow themselves to be attacked. With the help of the S-Man Honest John, he managed to even manipulate Thor. However, Red Skull's skills were still erratic and couldn't completely control Captain America. An attack against him was enough of a distraction to lose control of Rogue and Scarlet Witch. After being overpowered by the rest of the Uncanny Avengers, Red Skull decided to escape, but promised a return. In the aftermath, both Rogue and Scarlet Witch joined the team. After battling a villain called the Green Skull, an eco-terrorist, Cap met up with Sharon in a lone alley. Walking to a subway station, Steve and Sharon entered a secret elevator that leads to a subway car hidden within the station. The car then disappeared into a flash of light, entering a mysterious realm and also injected with an anesthetic. He found himself strapped into an operating table. In that moment, Arnim Zola appeared before him, welcoming Steve to the Dimension Z. Steve freed himself from the table and jumped through a window and escaped with a baby, only to later realize that the baby was Zola's son. Cap then tried to escape Dimension Z on a jet, but was shot down by enemy forces. Later, Cap and Zola's son named Ian. Later, Cap and Zola's son named Ian were trapped in a desert-like environment in Dimension Z. Suddenly, Steve was attacked by two of Zola's mutants. 
Steve managed to fight them off, but was later captured with Ian and encountered the Frocks, an alien-like species living in Dimension Z, and Steve became partially mind-controlled by Zola because of an implant. Steve then began training Ian in how to throw his shield properly and became very close, even to the point where Steve told him that Zola is his real father. Later on, as Steve and Ian returned to the Prox's hideout and were ambushed by Zola's forces there, Steve grabbed a blade and stabbed himself in the chest, destroying Zola's implant, while Ian was being held captive. Steve then infiltrated Zola's stronghold and killed all the mutants guarding its gate and had reached the tunnel that brought him to Dimension Z. Steve briefly considered returning to Earth and getting help from the Avengers, but he couldn't leave Ian to his fate and crawled into the waste tunnels in order to infiltrate the fortress. Jet and Steve briefly fought each other in the fortress, but she revealed the truth behind Zolandia and they agreed to work together to stop Zola. However, Ian was fully brainwashed by Zola and shot Steve in the back. Steve later battled Ian again and urged him to make his own decision. However, Ian was shot by Agent 13 through the neck from behind and fell into an abyss below. Sharon later revealed that she rigged Zolandia to detonate. Meanwhile, Jet Black was fighting her father and losing until Cap arrived and intervened. Jet Black then freed the Frocks prisoners of Zola. Later, Zola was impaled and savaged by Cap, and finally on the verge of destruction and complete shutdown. The group later prepared to detonate Dimension Z as they left so that Zola's mutants would not invade and infest the Earth. But Jet Black punched Sharon, stole her detonator, and raced off on a sky sled. Later on, after Cap and Sharon pursued her, Zola told his daughter that she had failed him again. He then shot deadly eye beams. Sharon almost fell to her death, but Captain America grabbed her hand. Sharon then told Steve that she had a plan that they can still detonate Dimension Z and return safely to Earth. She slipped from Cap's grasp, telling him that she loved him. Cap urged Jet to take their sky sled, but it was too late. Jet and Cap returned back to New York, and Steve later cried over his loss of Sharon. When Captain America was in battle with the Iron Nail, the super soldier serum within Steve's body was once again neutralized, which caused him to age rapidly to match his chronological age of over 90 years. Following an attack on New York from Arnim Zola, Steve decided to appoint Sam Wilson as his successor. Not long after that, various Avengers and X-Men were inverted into villains, and several villains inverted into heroism due to a miscast spell by the Scarlet Witch and Doctor Doom. Rogers not only coordinated the efforts of Spider-Man and the inverted villains, now called the Astonishing Avengers, but also donned his old armor to battle the inverted Sam, until the heroes and villains could be returned to normal with the aid of the White Skull, the inverted Red Skull. Months earlier, a new threat had appeared before the Illuminati, that of the Incursions. The collision of two universes' planets' Earths, 
which ensured the destruction of at least one of those realities. After opposing the Illuminati's willingness to probably destroy whichever Earth would encounter theirs, Steve was subjected to a mind wipe which made him forget his affiliation with the Illuminati. Shortly before losing the effects of the serum, Steve was exposed to the explosion of the Watcher's eye, which revealed deep secrets related to them to those in its blast radius. Captain America remembered the mind wipe the Illuminati submitted him to, as well as their activities regarding the possible destruction of worlds, and confronted Iron Man about it. He decided that the Illuminati's actions shouldn't be tolerated and disposed the Avengers to hunt them down. After falling into a trap set by the Illuminati, Steve was convinced to put their differences aside and start working together on a solution to save the Earth. When the final incursion was finally about to happen and with only a few minutes before the event, Steve confronted Tony to settle up. The ensuing fight between the two old friends led Steve to force Tony to admit that he had lied to him and all of their allies when he had known about the incursions all along, but Tony also confessed that he wouldn't change anything of his course of action. The final incursion started, and Earth-1610, the ultimate universe's planet Earth, started approaching Earth-616, the mainstream universe's planet Earth, while Tony and Steve kept fighting. Earth-1610's shield launched an invasion to Earth-616, and both Tony and Steve were crushed by a helicarrier. The two Earths ultimately collided, destroying each of the universes. And then after that, we get the Secret Wars, which Steve wasn't involved in because he just got killed by a universe getting destroyed. And so that ends the story of Captain America. Obviously, there had been other stories since that point, but as I had said in the very beginning, I was only going to be focusing on the stories up until 2015 Secret Wars, because I personally reckon that that is a good ending point for the Marvel Universe. Um, so, anyway, that was the entire history of Captain America. A man who has been alive since World War II has died a few times now, and always died as he lived, holding up his integrity and fighting for what he believed was right. And so, with that, I hope you guys enjoy... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I enjoyed making it. And I will be making more of these about other Marvel characters. I'm not sure whether I would... I'm not sure whether or not to continue on with um, just heroes, or whether to also include villains and superhero teams. I'm not entirely sure yet. Mm, I guess I'll work that out eventually. But, in any case... Uh, like I'd said before, I hope you guys enjoyed, and until next time, I will speak to you then. Until then, have a good one.